Now, there are three things that I love more than anything in the world. And they're God, business, and Black people. And when you put those three things together, like a three-quarter strand, powerful things have happened. Welcome to the Jolly Journey Podcast. The Jolly Journey Podcast is a podcast that focuses on lively and entertaining ways to encourage our journey along an often difficult but necessary process to build wealth our way. It is important to realize that legacy is a narrative that did not begin with you and will not end with you unless you disrupt the connection across generations. Everyone has a story. It's our job to connect it to a larger narrative to see the legacy that we are building. The Jolly Journey podcast seeks to find wealth in our legacy and connect it one story, one step at a time. Each podcast will take you on a journey further along the road to wealth as a legacy, inviting you to join it wherever you see fit. This episode is brought to you by Torch Enterprises, Inc. Torch stands for passing the torch from one generation to build legacy wealth via ownership and equity in our communities. For more information, go to torch-enterprises.com. Hello, my name is Pamela Jolly, and welcome to the Jolly Journey podcast. Today is my first podcast, and I'm going to give you an introduction to who I am and just why the Jolly Journey has been so important to me and how it can be important to you. So where did the Jolly Journey start? If I'm honest with myself, it started in childhood. I always had a dream that I would do something big and significant that would support friends and family, if not the world. And because I had learned from the Bible verses around Joseph, I was sure not to share that with too many people. Because if you recall in the Bible, Joseph shared his dream, his big vision with his brothers, and his brothers sold him into slavery. And the story does have a positive end to a certain degree, But I just did not want to have that type of outcome for me. So I just held on to this special feeling that one day I would be able to make a difference. It was interesting. When I got into Wharton, my first day of Wharton, my mother took me to her prayer group and they prayed over me so that I would be successful. And while they were praying, a woman broke out into tongues and started prophesying over my life. And she said a lot of things that confirmed what I had not shared with so many people for so long. And here it was in 1998 that someone was speaking my truths to me in the spirit realm. And so I started my Wharton journey with this understanding that I wasn't just going to Wharton for myself. I was actually going to Wharton to do something that would be bigger. It wasn't just about going to a great school, number one business school in the world and getting a great job. It was really about exploring what would be possible for my community. So the revelation of the Jolly Journey probably started there. 
Wharton, prior to me starting Torch Enterprises, which is my company, which is now 15 years old, was the hardest and best two years of my life. It was like drinking water through a fire hose. And it stretched not just my brain, it stretched everything about me. And I remember I was in the leadership class and they had typed us using various different methods and they gave us the results. And I looked down at my results and I saw that I was less than 6% of the population, but there were really only four to six people like me in my entire business school class. And if you don't know, the Wharton School has one of the largest classes of MBA students. Wharton and Harvard pretty much have the two largest. So this was over 800 students and there were very few people that were like me. And I kind of got lost in reading this report and learning about me. And so many things started flashing through my mind about my childhood, how I'd always felt. In some ways, I was an outlier because I was a jolly and jollies are charismatic and fun people. I always had people to be around, but I often wondered where I fit. And throughout my career post-Hampton, I was often called a square peg in a round hole. And so while I was in the crowd, I didn't feel I was a part of the crowd for most of my life. And so here I sit looking at this report and my professor comes up to me, Professor Michael Eusene, who I love to this day. And he said, uh, you want some help with what you're going to do with that? And I looked at him and I said, yes. And he really blessed me. He encouraged me to take two classes outside of the Wharton Business School. The first was group processes. And the second was organizational behavior and design. And those two classes really changed my life. The group process class was a weekend long class and you got one full credit, which was extraordinary. And it was this really thick bulk pack that had all these different theories about how people work together. And I am a very studious person, as you will come to realize. I learn best in a classroom. I love assignments. And I love anything done in unison. So I read the entire bulk pack and there were theories in there and findings. I just could not believe. But throughout the tenure of our course, just about every single thing that I read actually came true. At the end of the course, the professor said to me, you might want to consider doing your doctorate work in group process because you're really good at this. And, you know, I was still in the process of finishing my Wharton degree and never really thought I would get a doctorate, but I never forgot how powerful it was to understand group processes. And that really stuck with me. The second course was organizational behavior and group design. And that was where I learned that you could strengthen your genius code, that you could become smarter than you actually thought you were. And that organizations and the experiences that you had in organizations would really help you. Those two meaningful experiences in the classroom would really come to shape and define what is now the Jolly Journey. The name The Jolly Journey came from when I first started my company, I traveled extensively and I still do. And so the first question that just about anybody asks me when they get me on the phone is, where in the world are you now? And I used to share, I'm on the jolly journey. And it just sort of stuck. And so now people are saying, where's the jolly journey taking you? 
And so for 15 years, I've been an entrepreneur on this jolly journey. Jolly means to encourage in a lively and entertaining way. A journey is often a difficult process of personal change and development. So the Jolly Journey podcast is all about a lively and entertaining way to negotiate a better relationship with yourself so that you can live a fuller, more fulfilled life. Now, I call a fulfilled life wealth. And for 15 years, my work has been centered around legacy wealth, which is wealth that can pass on for generations. In order to really pursue legacy wealth, I found that you must have an openness to personal change and the will to develop a business perspective of legacy. Now, there are three things that I love more than anything in the world. And they're God, business, and Black people. And when you put those three things together, like a three-quarter strand, powerful things have happened and continue to happen. If you read my book, The Narrow Road Guide to Legacy Wealth, you will see exactly what I mean. Throughout this podcast, I will talk and reference The Narrow Road, but I'll also introduce you to people that I have met along my jolly journey and people that I truly believe need to meet you so that we can continue our pursuit of wealth that can pass on for generations. In my dissertation, which was the convergence of faith and finance, it's funny, I did do doctorate work. Never thought I would when I was all the way back in that classroom, but I did. And it was the convergence of faith and finance. I asked over 7,000 African-Americans if in 1968, the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King self-identified as a Moses. And 40 years later, the then presidential candidate, now two-term president, Barack Obama, said that this was a Joshua era and we were in a Joshua generation. If that is our social political context, what's the promised land? How do we get there together? How do we fund it? And what, if anything, do you feel you need to learn to feel more confident of your pursuit? The findings in the data were amazing. And the patterns, when coupled with a quantitative study, of over 45,000 people yielded what is now the narrow road. At its core, what I found was that it does take three generations to build legacy wealth and only one generation to lose it. I also found that the promised land is defined differently. That we say the same words, but we don't mean the same things. And so if we truly want to get to a promised land, We have to build more intimate relationships with each other. And part of that intimacy is about knowing who we are from an identity perspective and from a wealth perspective. African-Americans are the only people in America who were first capital before they made capital. Who were first assets before they ever owned assets. Who were first traded before they ever could trade. And so as a result, when it comes to business, it has to be personal because the first business model of America, aside from the land, African-Americans were the largest asset on the balance sheet. If you want to trace how you got over here, 
you have to look at the financial statement of America because we are largely on those slavery roles. So slavery was America's first business model. And since then, there's been many derivatives of that system. But for the most part, you have assets that are traded in an open market to produce value, often at a discount of the producer. And so while it takes three generations to build legacy wealth and only one generation to lose it, we are at an inflection point as there are four generations living today. If we can stay connected across those generations, wealth can be a standard. But before I get a little ahead of myself, I promise that this podcast would be about me. I've been blessed to be a paid keynote speaker all over the world. And often after my speaking engagements or one-on-one interactions with clients, I've observed a pattern. I would always receive the comment, you really made me think, Dr. Jolly, and I like that. Or I could listen to you for hours. So after one keynote a couple years ago, a woman came up to me and said, you should have a podcast. I told her I knew nothing about creating one and would need some assistance. It turns out that she was the owner of Side Hustle, a company committed to assisting newbie podcasters. Two years later, I'm creating this podcast thanks to her support and guidance. A blind man had his wife write me a letter once asking me to create an audio version of my book, The Narrow Road, in my voice. And recently, a dear friend of mine asked me to create a podcast so she could hear my voice daily and encourage her to do what it was that she was called to do. You will learn that I see things in patterns. And the pattern I saw in these comments and compliments was that everyone needs encouragement and guidance. I've been blessed to travel this world and tasked with the charge to listen, observe, and think As a result, my journey has revealed lessons that can enlighten others on their journeys as well. And this podcast will do that. So quickly to sum it up, God, business, and Black people, I was raised in a family that taught me that faith is the currency that can fill any void. My grandmothers, Bessie Pearl Watkins Horn, and Mildred Lorraine Morgan Jolly were my first two investors in Torch Enterprises, my company. My parents' influence in my life continues to this day to be extremely strong. My mother raised me to show thyself approved and don't embarrass the family. My father on his deathbed encouraged me to ensure the legacy must continue. And that's what I encourage everyone to understand your legacy because the way forward is back through. And so if you have any questions about the future road ahead of you, I promise you, a glimpse of the answer is in your legacy, your inherited promise. Each and every single one of us inherits a promise. I learned best in a classroom, so I have four degrees. But I was raised by a grandmother who said that Jesus didn't even have a GED. And yet we still talk, learn, and listen 
to his words and his influence on others and their memories of his words. And so there's no rank and order with God. And so for me, the best place for me to identify my genius was in the classrooms of Hampton University, the Wharton School of Business at the University of Pennsylvania, Boston University School of Theology, and an amazing doctoral program that allowed me to study at Oxford University, Notre Dame, Yale, Harvard, Princeton, and Loyola. This education taught me that truly education is the leading out of the darkness into the light. And so the narrow road journey and all that I do seeks to lead people out of the darkness into the light of the promise that they have inherited. My career started in corporate America. I've worked for some of the largest companies, starting with banking. I've so enjoyed working for large corporations because it taught me the importance of having a standard. Do you have a standard? Once you have standards, you have rules and regulations. A mentor once shared with me that without rules and regulations, there is no relationship. All business is, is a series of increasingly intimate relationships. So it's imperative that you have a standard in your life, that you have rules and regulations and boundaries that help people learn how to conduct business with you. My career has taught me that from first starting at Circuit City while I was in undergrad to moving on to Nations Bank, studying under Hugh McCall and learning how growth can happen through acquisition to working at Accenture and moving on to work for a mentor and then working for increasingly smaller companies where I started to see what the startup world could be when it was appropriately funded. What I was led to do in starting my company was to build what I saw happen in the smaller companies that I worked for, which was actually what was happening in the larger companies that I worked for. It was building a system within a system. It was building a small, intimate group of people who shared a vision and were held to the standards of specific and explicit outcomes. When I left corporate America and launched my business, I had an idea. It wasn't a full-fledged vision. The vision started to evolve with the Jolly Journey. One of the critical aspects of formulating my vision happened while serving as a contractor in the rebuilding effort post-Katrina. Rebuilding a Black community from the ground up post the largest national disaster in that time in history showed me that business, faith, finance, funding, and relationships were critical, not just for the individual, but also for the collective. I started to connect the dots between group process and organizational design. I started to connect the dots further between my banking experience and my consulting experience. I started to connect the dots even further with my seminary experience. All of the dots started to form a pattern. And this pattern helped me further understand how I could live out my love of the three things I love most, God, business, and Black people. And so that is how the Jolly Journey started to formulate. And here we are today. I leave you with one last story so that you can start to understand who you will begin to journey with. I was around six years old and I woke up with an idea. 
that I wanted to create a new letter for the alphabet. And I immediately went and told my father that that's what I charged to do. My father was like, okay. My mother was like, what? My brother was like, are you serious? That's not possible. My dad said, well, if you're going to go do it, you better get up to your room and figure it out. It was the morning. I was up in my room the entire day. I used to call my room the lab. It was a purple room with yellow shaggy carpet. And I used to redissect my frog and create these concoctions. And I sat there all day trying to figure out a new letter for the alphabet. When I started to smell my favorite dinner, I realized what time it was and I realized that I was hungry. And so I decided to go downstairs. Now, before I went downstairs, I knew certain things about my family. I knew that my father was going to have to see some proof of the work that I had done. I knew that my mother was wanting to hear exactly what I did to get to wherever I got to. And I knew my brother was just going to sit there and look at me. So when I went downstairs, I told them that I was not successful in creating a new letter for the alphabet. My dad said, why not? And I said, well, it's hard to create something from the unseen using things in the scene. And he said, well, what did you do instead? I said, well, I memorized the alphabet backwards and I memorized it in Greek. My father said, Greek? I said, yes. He said, prove it. I said, alpha, beta, gamma, delta, epsilon, theta, eta, zeta, iota, kappa, lamma, mu, nu, xi, omicron, pi, rho, sigma. My mother said, well, what did you learn? I said, I learned that things are hard when they're your idea. My father said, continue trying to create that new letter because one day you'll be able to do it. I believe the new letter for the alphabet that I created is the narrow road. And the narrow road is the road that I travel along my jolly journey. So as you listen to me more, and as we engage each other, because there will be questions and answer periods on Facebook, I'll ask you to fill out some surveys so I can talk about it in future podcasts. I'll bring some of my most cherished friendships and relationships into the podcast room so that you can explore this journey through their eyes as well. And hopefully further down the road, we'll be able to do something together. And so wide is the gate of life, but narrow is the road that leads to wealth. Few find it and even fewer take it. I created the narrow road so this would no longer be. And the jolly journey is my way of guiding you to find the narrow road and to make your choices so that your wealth can become a legacy. God bless you. I look forward to next time. Take care.